Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. There are many reasons why people turn to religion, why they would turn to the scriptures, or why they would pursue a relationship with God. There are many reasons, many motivators, many motivating factors that can exist in a person's life. Sometimes people turn to religion just because they want to know about it. It's a subject that they might have an interest in, they might develop an interest in, or somebody who is close to them has an interest in this subject, and so they will pursue a knowledge and understanding of the subject to the best of their ability. Sometimes people will turn to religion, or they will turn to God, they will turn to have a relationship with the living God because of their children. They might have children, and they might want their children to grow up in an atmosphere such as that. They might want them to have some exposure to moral values, and so they will participate in a church or in a congregation of some kind that has some charismatic leader who will tell their children about all of the moral qualities and values that their children should have. People will often turn to religion for that reason. There are many motivators, many reasons why people will turn to Religion, one of the issues that usually drives an individual into religion or into trying to know something about their God is when they experience suffering, when they experience failure and pain in their life, then this can be a very powerful motivator that will drive an individual into the scriptures, that will drive a person to go to church or to discover something about God because maybe he will intervene in their lives and make everything better. Or he will find some way to provide compensation for the things that you have lost. Or he will find some way to intervene in your life so that he can replace those things that you lost. Suffering can be a very powerful motivator to get a person to make a significant change in their lives. But there is one form of suffering, there is one serious form of suffering that a person can experience in their life that if they turn to church, if they turn to religion on this basis, then they might encounter more suffering as a result of pursuing some sense of peace or rest in this way. This happens when people struggle with the issue of divorce. It's when the subject of divorce comes up in church, in religion, that people will have a great opportunity, a great opportunity to experience a significant amount of pain and suffering far beyond what they experienced outside of the church. Because in many cases, in churches, in religion, people will look at divorce as the unpardonable sin. If you get divorced, or God forbid you get remarried, then you will be an individual who is eternally defiled. This is how many people 
view the subject of divorce. Now, I certainly don't, but I wanted to start out by explaining to you that this is a very serious subject. It's a huge subject because there are many people in the world, you probably know a number of people, who have experienced divorce, either themselves personally or someone who is close to them has experienced this. And, of course, the subject of remarriage usually follows from there. And there are many people who encounter pastors, priests, people who are in church, other Christians, who have a position that if an individual gets divorced or if they get remarried, then they will be eternally condemned or pretty close to it. Or they might wish that they were. It might be that bad. So I believe that this is a very serious subject, a very important one. And in this program, I'm going to begin a series of programs on the subject of divorce and remarriage. This, of course, is going to take a number of programs. I have no idea how many this will take. I can tell you when I record the last one. But I can tell you it's a very important subject. It's a very serious subject. And there will be enormous consequences as a result of what I am about to say. Now, the first thing that I am going to say that needs to be understood if you are going to listen to these programs, the first thing that I'm going to say is that this series is probably not going to be about what you want me to talk about. I'm going to have to tell you what I will not talk about in this series because I have found on several occasions that when this subject comes up, People are normally wanting to talk about this subject for reasons that I believe are inappropriate. People usually want to talk about this subject because they're looking for an opportunity to justify divorce or remarriage. They're looking for approval or disapproval. They're looking for things that I believe are inappropriate, very inappropriate, unless you first deal with the question of what does the scriptures have to say concerning the subject of divorce and remarriage. And what I mean by that is not what do those individual verses that you prefer to look at have to say about this subject. I mean, what does the entire Bible have to say about this subject? What has our God had to say? What has he already said? about the subject of divorce and remarriage. And then after that, if you personally would like to deal with those questions concerning approval, disapproval, justification concerning divorce or remarriage, then you will have the tools, you will have the knowledge and understanding that I believe you would need to have in order to make an appropriate decision concerning the individual circumstance that you are concerned about. But I want you to know up front that I am not going to do these programs. I'm not going to teach on this subject for the purpose of giving you any justification for divorcing or remarrying. I'm not going to do this in order to give you any sense of approval or disapproval. I am not here to do that. In these programs, I'm going to talk about the subject. So if you want approval or disapproval, if you want justification for this or that, this is not for you. These programs are not for you. But if you want to know about the subject of divorce and remarriage as it is explained in the Bible, if you want to know about the subject itself, if you want to know what God has said about this subject already, then these are the programs for you. 
again. The reason why I have to say this is because whenever I encounter people and I talk about this subject with people or they bring it up with me, whenever this subject comes up, this is usually how it ends up. This is usually what people are looking for. And when I begin to explain to them the subject and the importance of it and what the scriptures has to say about it, people tend to ignore me. They don't want to know. They don't care. All they want is my approval, my disapproval. They want justification for this or that. They do not want to know what the living God has had to say. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about this subject from the point of view of the scriptures. And I need to say this up front. I need to tell you what I am not going to do Not because I'm concerned about you wasting your time, but because I'm concerned about you really paying attention to what I am going to tell you. You know, I have done a lot of programs where I introduce a subject and I don't talk about that subject in the way that people usually expect. For example, the programs that I did on the Lord's Supper, I talk about the subject of Passover. And after a while, I mentioned, you're probably wondering when I'm going to talk about the subject of the Lord's Supper, why I keep talking about Passover. And I mentioned in those programs that this is a concern that a person would normally have because they have no idea what the connection is between the Passover and the Lord's Supper. And if they knew the connection between the two, then they would understand why I spent so much time talking about the Passover first. In the programs that I did on the subject of spiritual warfare... I did the same thing in the middle of the series of programs that I produced. I mentioned you're probably wondering when I'm going to get to the good stuff, when I'm going to get into casting out demons and things like that, because when people think about the subject of spiritual warfare, that's what they usually think about. That's what they want to know. That's what they want to do. And I explained that the real issue related to the war that we are in in the spiritual sense is the issue between law and grace. That series is a series of programs on the subject of law and grace because that is the predominant arena that the spiritual warfare is taking place. When it comes to the subject of divorce and remarriage, I'm going to deal with this right away. I'm going to tell you right up front what I am not going to talk about so that you can anticipate what I am going to talk about and you can listen to what I'm going to tell you and focus on what I'm going to tell you. And it's very important when it comes to this subject to pay attention to what the Bible has to say in its entirety. Unfortunately, it's very unusual to find someone who really knows what the Bible has to say about this subject in its entirety. In many cases, people will say that they do. But I have never encountered anyone personally who has done a complete exhaustive study in the way that I'm about to do it. Now, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I'm just saying that I believe that what I'm going to tell you is going to be different from what you have heard before. And if not, I believe that you will eventually, if you listen to everything I have to say, you will eventually hear something that you have never heard before. And so please pay attention to everything that I tell you in this series of programs. It's also very important to listen to every program in order. Do not pick and choose certain programs based on the titles of these programs or based on the scripture references that I'm going to deal with in individual programs. Please do not do that. I'm going to be very organized when it comes to this subject, and I'm going to make assumptions in every program that you have heard and you have paid attention to everything I said in the previous program. 
This subject is so big because of the enormous amount of confusion and all of the assumptions that people make that it's necessary for me to do it this way. Because there are so many different opinions, it's very easy for a person to get completely lost with what I'm about to say. And so I would really like to emphasize the fact that if you are going to listen to these programs, make sure that you listen to each one, one after the other, and have some patience. Have some patience. If you want to hear about a certain verse, about a certain area concerning this subject, please have some patience and listen to all the programs in sequence before you get to it. Because when I talk about it, I'm going to talk about it assuming that you know everything that I have already said. And it's very important to know what I said previously. Even if you disagree with me, if you don't know what I said previously, then there's no way you're going to appreciate and understand what I say afterwards. Now, another thing I want you to understand is that I am not going to talk about marriage in these programs. I am not going to deal with the subject of marriage. The purpose of these programs is to deal with the subject of divorce and remarriage as it has been explained in the Bible. But I'm not going to talk about how to have a good marriage or how to fix the marriage that you have. I'm not going to talk about that. That is a very important subject, but this is not the place for it. I will do that in another set of programs, just not these. And so if you are expecting me to talk about marriage and how to keep people together, how to keep them from getting divorced, that's just simply not the purpose of these programs. You might find some things in these programs that will be useful for that purpose, but again, it's not my intent, it's not my purpose for these programs. Many people are concerned about the side effects of divorce and remarriage, especially in the way that it relates to children or in the way that it relates to people building a new marriage in the event that they choose to remarry. These programs are not going to address the subjects related to the side effects concerning the effects on children or what a new marriage is going to look like. I'm not going to do that here either. Again, those are very important subjects. I understand the issues related to shame and guilt and confusion and how do you integrate people together? How do you take two families and find some way to make one family out of them? I understand that these are very important issues. I'm just simply not going to deal with these issues in these programs. There are a lot of concerns about in-laws. I'm not going to deal with those. There are a lot of concerns about how to deal with unresolved problems of the past. I'm not going to deal with those. But again, I would like to emphasize that I'm also not doing these recordings in order for you to listen to them and say, ah, there you go. There is something that Aaron said that I am now going to use as an excuse to either get divorced or to remarry or not to get divorced and not to remarry. I'm not going to do these programs for that purpose. Now, by me saying that, you might be very concerned. You might be worried. You might be uncertain as to what could I possibly say? How could I possibly deal with this subject without giving approval or disapproval? Because everybody, just about everybody, everybody, everybody who's in a position of authority in a church, who's a pastor or a priest or a counselor or your friends or whoever, everybody seems to take this posture, seems to take this position that the only reason why you talk about this subject is to be able to come to a conclusion that you would present to someone and say, 
You have the right to divorce. You don't have the right to divorce. You have the right to remarry. You don't have the right to remarry. When a person thinks about this subject, when a person deals with this subject, when they talk about it, it is assumed. It is assumed that whoever is in the position of authority, whoever is the priest, whoever is the pastor, it is their role. It is their responsibility. It is their purpose in your life to give approval or disapproval, to give acceptance or to give rejection, to allow you to divorce or to forbid it, to allow you to remarry or to forbid it. It is assumed that this is the role. It is the purpose of the pastor and the priest. And so if I say that it is not my role in your life to do that, you might assume, well, I guess that means I have to go find a pastor or a priest who will do that for me. And I'm saying, no, I'm telling you that you need to be responsible. You need to be responsible concerning this issue. You have to decide for yourself, between you and your God, how you are going to respond to these issues related to divorce and remarriage. If you are in a marriage and you're concerned about this marriage holding together, if you're thinking about divorcing your spouse or your spouse is thinking about divorcing you, you deal with this issue. You are responsible for what happens or for what does not happen. And when it comes to your relationship with your God, you are responsible before your God concerning this issue as you would be for any other issue. Do not put a pastor in between you and your God and do not ever let a pastor get between you and your God. Do not ever let a priest get between you and your God when it comes to an issue, even this one. You are responsible. When you stand before your God, you are not going to be there with your priest or your pastor. That is not the way it's going to be. And so you better get this straight right now, that you are responsible for your own decisions. And it is evil to look to a pastor or a priest for approval, for disapproval, for acceptance or rejection concerning the subject. That is not their role. Now, you may want it to be their role. You may want them to have that role in your life. I understand that there are a lot of people who do want a pastor or a priest to give their approval or their disapproval concerning these kinds of things. And there are an enormous number of people who are pastors and priests who are more than willing to provide this role for you. But I'm telling you that, in my opinion, this is evil. This is absolutely evil because it takes away the responsibility that you have that has been given to you personally by your God. Now, by saying this, you might wonder, well, what role do they have then? I mean, what's their purpose? What's their purpose in life, in my life and in their own lives if this is not what they're supposed to be doing. What would that be? Well, that's a very important question. And I think by asking it, it reveals the fact that they have no purpose, that they have no role if this is what they think. If this is what they believe, if there are people 
who make the assumption that this is their role in the lives of the people who are around them, those people who walk into their decorated facilities, that if a person comes within their boundaries, that they have this authority over them and their lives? Yes, that's true. There are many people who are pastors and priests and religious leaders who assume that this is their purpose in life, this is their role in life, that God has given them the authority to make these judgments and decisions, and it's true that if they don't do that, they probably have no value at all. And this is why. It's because they have no idea that their role, their purpose, is to direct you to God. That's what I'm doing now. I'm telling you that you need to go to him, not to me, but to him. I will tell you about this subject. I will teach on this subject and I will be as complete as I possibly can. But when it comes to making a decision in your life, that is between you and the Lord. So I can provide you with information. I can tell you about things that you may not have the time or the desire to look into for yourself. I will do that for you. But when it comes to personal decisions, personal life decisions, there is no one who has the right to tell you what to do. You must decide. You must assume responsibility. Do not shove it onto somebody else. You take that responsibility and you deal with the consequences related to the decisions that you make. So yes, it's true that because there are many people who assert themselves, who have been trained for this purpose, who have been educated for this purpose, who have been told that this is their purpose, for me to say that it isn't does say that they may have no other purpose at all. And this can be a very painful experience. If you are listening to me say this and you are in a pastoral role, if you are a minister, if you're a priest or a pastor, or a counselor, a person who is an authority, and you hear me say this, yes, you should seriously rethink what your role is in people's lives as it relates to your relationship with your God. Because if this is true, if it is true that people are responsible for their own decisions, for their own successes, for their own failures, for their own sins, if it's true, then you are going to be confronted with the fact that you have no idea who you are what your role is. And I'm going to tell you right now that you should reevaluate your position and your purpose in terms of the gospel and the relationship that God has called us to. Our role as pastors, as leaders, as Christians, as children of God is simple. It is to be led by the Holy Spirit and it is to direct people to their God personally. If you put yourself in a position or in a posture that places you between them and their God, then you do not believe that Jesus is their priest. You do not believe that he is their shepherd, their pastor. You are a blasphemer in that context. And I will not attempt to bridge the gap between yourself and I. I will make it as wide as possible. Now, in these programs, I will deal with one question in addition to everything else I'm going to talk about. I will deal with one question that you probably want to have answered. And that is the question, is divorce sin? And the follow-up to that is, is remarriage sin? 
Is divorce sin, and is it sin to remarry? I will answer these questions, but I will do so after I have explained everything that a person needs to know in order to answer that question, and that will definitely take a significant amount of effort because of the assumptions that people make concerning the subject. So I will deal with that question. Now, the first question that I am going to deal with, and I will talk about this in the next program, is the question, will a person go to hell if they are divorced? Or will a person go to hell if they get remarried? I'm going to deal with that right away because I know that this is a big question. This is an important question. There are many people who want an answer to this question. And so in the next program, this is what I'm going to talk about. What is it that a person really needs to know? What is it that a person needs to understand in order to answer this question of will a person go to hell? Will they go to hell if they get divorced or if they are remarried? What do you need to understand? What do you need to know? You need to know the gospel. You need to know what the gospel is because it is the gospel that tells us how a person can be saved and how they cannot be saved. That is what a person needs to know. And so between now and the next program that you hear, I would like you to take a few minutes. I would like you to take some time to really think about this question. Not the question of will a person go to hell or not, but think about the question, what is the gospel? What is it really? Because I believe that the answer to that question is what answers, is what determines the answer to this question of whether or not a person is going to go to hell. And so, please consider the importance of this, especially if you understand that in the early church, there were many different beliefs concerning the gospel. The Apostle Paul said himself that there were people who proclaimed a different gospel than what he proclaimed. Today, it's the same thing. So I will address this subject in the next program. You've been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 38353, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net